Show me your news, episode 59. Let's try this one more before that episode 60, which, by the way, could feature you. Oh, except the Resurgicthon contest for YouTube videos and Show Me Your News is over with the start of this podcast. But we'll get more on that in just a little bit. I am Yoko, and uh, back here on the podcast is our amazing webmaster, an aspiring game designer extraordinaire, The Buzzsaw. Hello, I'm back again. Wow, that's like twice in the same year. No way. Amazing. Or just three times. I lost track. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, great to, to have back, you back. Though. And we have a lot of stuff to cover because we've been off for a couple weeks and I've been busy making my own sitcom because I'm down to the last couple weeks of college and it's basically the equivalent of my senior thesis. Because my program only has senior thesis for uh, honor students. So I'm taking a class where I have to make my own half-hour sitcom with a group, and it demands a lot of time. It'll be out in a couple weeks before the next episode. Uh, but yeah, so I've been off for a couple weeks for Show Me Your News, and we're back with episode 59. How you been, the buzzsaw? Uh, pretty good. I'm fighting to finish school myself. Um, I hopefully will be done in December, and then I can move on to bigger and better things mm-hmm. and code my life away sort of like I do now <laughs> but no right now um, I've been off school just been working because you know school is expensive and it's not very fun that way but uh, other than that I've been working on things like Zero2D and another game project uh, with a buddy of mine so indeed indeed um, we'll get to the latest on Zero2D soon, but yeah, we mentioned the Show Me Your News YouTube Resurgathon contest that we had announced a few episodes ago. Um, the contest submissions are now over, and sometime next week on ShowMeYourNews.com, which the buzzsaw conveniently made. That's like perfect uh, sync-up segue kind of deal right there. Um, but yeah, I'll announce the winner in about one week's time, and hopefully they'll be free and a week after that to be on episode 60 and we'll have some hopefully some good things planned if I'm not <laughs> dying because of finals we'll see yeah that'd be tragic for the winner to be unable to claim his winnings <laughs> he's like I won I'm too busy oh, oh. no <laughs> um but yeah so Zero 2D for those that do not know is the game that Buzz has been working on for several months now it's basically Inspired by Super Smash Bros, but using a Mugen-style engine where, you know, characters can be plugged in and played. And it's looking, uh, you know, what, from what's been done so far. Is there a demo so far? Not yet. There's it's very, a, very close. Like a physics kind of demo, right? Um, um, yeah. If you've visited the forums at all, you'll notice I recently fired Sub-Zero. He was very difficult to work with, and he asked for too much money. So, Oof. um 
<laughs> no, in all honesty, his sprite was really hard to work with. He, it, his animations didn't line up very well, and he's just a very he walks funny and stuff. So I, I just got rid of him. So I'm now using a uh, pimple from uh, Battletoads. Nice. <laughs> I've made a big leap there, but he's my new sprite I'm working on. I've got controller input working, and I've got the sprite animation working. Right now, I'm working on uh, physics. And once the physics are functional and not crashing it like it does right now, <laughs> um, I'll put out a demo. And it'll probably be really, really basic and really, really you know, boring and uneventful, but it'll be the, the premise of where people can start designing characters. Mm-hmm. And so I'm looking forward to that next, next month or so. So if you want more information on that, you can go to zero, Z-E-R-O, the number two, the letter D, dot com. Indeed, indeed. Yeah, keep going there for updates, and there's a forum there, so join in. So let's get into the part of the show where we talk about what have we been playing. It's called, you know, just really abruptly, what are you, letter R, letter U, playing? So, Buzz, what are you playing? I am playing StarCraft 2. Oh, snap! I'm in the beta. I got it accepted in the beta because a friend of mine got it in the beta first, and then he got... Like, apparently all the current beta holders got invites to send to a friend, so he sent it to me. And ever since then, I've just been playing, like, tons and tons of StarCraft, learning the new races, the the new units, and enjoying the game before it comes out. It's supposed to come out, like, this summer. But, um, yeah, I've basically been playing StarCraft 2 and Carcassonne, which is a board game. Because <laughs> if, it's, if, it's if I'm not playing StarCraft, I'm playing Carcassonne. So, tell those of us like me, who have never touched StarCraft ever and have only just seen things about it. What do we need to know about StarCraft II? What are you, you know, able to tell people? Um, well, it, it obviously depends on whether or not you are a prior StarCraft fan. If you've never played StarCraft before, understand that StarCraft is like the de, the de facto standard of RTS games. It's the most popular, it has the most tournaments, has the biggest communities, it's the best supported, they patch it often, they balance it often, and, you know, all that. If you are a StarCraft fan, understand that StarCraft is, StarCraft 2 is, like, the perfect sequel. It just takes everything that annoyed you or bothered you the first one and just makes it flawless and fluid and amazing in the second one. I mean, the beta doesn't even include the campaign, so if you like the campaign and the story, well, no one even knows about that yet. This is just the multiplayer beta. But the game is just fantastic. It's awesome. But one thing I like about it that people should know about StarCraft is uh, um, Blizzard does a very good job of keeping the number of units to a minimum. I've played several other games, like I've played some Command & Conquer games and whatnot, and it seems like you have like you know, 100 units to build from, and you're like, what do I do when I build? StarCraft is very simple. Like You look at the, the, the website for it, there's maybe, I don't know, maybe 12 units per race or whatever. So it's kind of like chess. Like, you kind of just learn what unit does best at doing what, and then, you know, you can enjoy the game. So it's really, really fun. So worth definitely worth looking into this summer when it comes out. And I think they saw a story that, like, they're going to be releasing, a, uh, like, a special edition for $100. Mm-hmm. That's right, yeah. It's, you know, $100, you get this massive box with, like, a book of art, you even get the first StarCraft on a on a USB key that looks like a dog tag, I think. I'm not hmm. sure what the significance of the, of the dog tag is, but apparently it relates to the main character, Jim Rayner. Um, yeah, and it comes with all this stuff. It's pretty much 
Every, everyone I've seen that on forums has said they're going to buy that and not the other one. But the non-collector's edition is still $60, so it's pretty expensive either way. Yeah. But, you know, that, you know, Korea will be <laughs> enveloped by it once it starts to take over. Yes. Korea is um, Korea is such an intense StarCraft market. They get updates before we do. In fact, when the first StarCraft II announcement came out, I found a Korean stream and watched it in Korean. Oh, wow. So, and, you and, and then it came, it came to America shortly after, but... Yeah. And you could understand it because you lived in uh, Korea for a couple years, yeah. yeah? Yeah, I'm a little rusty, so I didn't understand everything, but I understood enough to know what was going on. You know, I could figure out um, everything. But plus, if you crank the volume up um, in the Korean video, you could hear the guy speaking English, and they had a translator. So oh, I could okay. also pick up hints from the English guy, too. So, you know, I didn't, have to, I didn't have to totally rely on my Korean ability, but <laughs> it was fun either way. Yeah, so... I have been playing Pokemon Soul Silver. Oh man, oh geez! I know we had the last episode as the Poke Cast, which was fun, but you didn't obviously understand that much buzz. Yeah. And um, I'm in the dark on Pokemon. I'm sorry. Oh no. <laughs> and uh, so I've been playing Soul Silver, and like I said last episode, this game is you know the penultimate Pokemon game. It's you know everything you want it to be, and so. I'm at the point right now where I have just finished creating my first competitive team. Now, I'm not going to be getting, like, too hardcore into Pokemon competitive stuff, but, you know, I want to have, like, a, a good team. So if, like, people ask... Well, it's to, fun to get better in yeah, any game. Exactly. Like, even, even if you don't go to tournaments and <laughs> try and, like, you know, fight for the $400,000 check, you know, mm. you got to get better. It's funner when you win. <laughs> and still, the, you know, just to have a team if people want to be like, oh, you know, you should... We should play, and I'll be like, okay. Um, I don't have my friend code readily accessible or remember off the top of my head, but once I feel confident in raising this team enough, um, I'll post it on the Show Me News forums, and we can play sometime. Except, no Ubers, and <laughs> like this team I made is just like my favorites, and it doesn't have Ubers, so no Ubers. But uh, no, the game's great, and... Uh, I'm sure that if you're listening and you've been playing it, you would certainly agree that it's just fantastic. And we'll talk about, conveniently, a nice transition here as we get into the headlines for the past few weeks. Um, so, yeah, in Japan, we had, you know, a few episodes ago, we had talked about the possibility of the Pokemon 5th generation that it was being hinted at. And it, the titles, we had said maybe it might be uh, Pokemon Opal and Pokemon Amethyst because... Nintendo website had redirected those uh, links to its homepage. So we're like, ooh, maybe you know, it's something like that. Except the titles for the Pokemon games that will be released in Japan this fall for Generation 5 are Pokemon Black and White. Huh. I'm going to run out of colors eventually. <laughs> it's like actually Pokemon inter- Lavender and Periwinkle. Hey, 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 but Lavender's already <laughs> the name of a town. <laughs> Um, but yeah so of course the internet is having a field day with you know ha 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 black and white politically correct racist jokes Michael Jackson um, all of all of these kind of things and I think it's interesting that you know they're actually going back to colors as opposed to gems and that's like an interesting it maybe it's a hint as to you know if they're going more back to their roots um, 
I wish there'd be another game with Team Rocket because Team Rocket is just fantastic. But um, we got some screenshots from uh, Koro Koro magazine, an early scan of it, and uh, Pokemon Sunday will be coming up uh, as far as this episode is uh, being recorded on April 11th. Um, looking here, yeah, there's no information from Pokemon Sunday yet, although I'm sure in the next couple days there will be. Um, but we're looking at, you know, some screenshots here, and, um, they're, they're more 3D. That's really all that there is to be said, as opposed to, you know, the recent Diamond and Pearl, Heart Gold, Soul Silver games. Um, this is a more 3D, and I think the most telling one, again, like, Buzz doesn't have much input on this one because <laughs> he hasn't played a Pokemon game, but, uh... You know, this one here has uh, more of like a 3D kind of town with tall, massive side scrapers. It's almost more of a side-scrolling sort of thing with the uh, the female character. Um, other information is that the Pokemon Center and Pokemon Mart will be merged. So there won't be a separate Mart building, but there will be a store inside the Pokemon Center. And um, the the battle scenes actually look a little bit different with, you know, like a skyline in the background and... I don't know. I think it's interesting to you know see uh, the changes that have been made to this game so far, but they're not that substantial. This will be on the DS. This is not for the Nintendo 3DS, um, because that is technically not really that official. Just a, uh, a press conference, uh, excuse me, press statement was released. Uh, we'll get to that later. That's one of the biggins, the Nintendo 3DS for this episode. Um... But yeah, there's really not much to say about Pokemon Black and White because there isn't that much information on it. I mean, the screenshots look cool, but what can you really say about them? There's just no more information about it yet. And we'll just move on from that because Buzz can't really give a rebuttal. <laughs> um, so uh, the next Pikachu thing we have to... is yellow. Yeah. Um, I should give a, a little quick rundown of the topics because I forgot to do that because we normally do that, what we have to talk about today. So the rest of the headlines we have to talk about are the iPhone OS 4, a uh, Microsoft slip-up regarding one of its AAA franchises, a couple sequels to uh, you know some relatively successful games, some leaks that happened, of course, because the internet is abound with leaks about video games, um, starting E3 information of when Microsoft and Sony's press conferences will be, uh, April Fool's happened on the internet, it was pretty weak, but we'll go over some of the highlights. Um, out recently were Final Fantasy XIII, God of War III, Red Steel II. Haven't played them yet, but we'll give our brief thoughts on those. And then the biggins for this week, we'll talk about the Nintendo 3DS. And the Buzzsaw has an Ubisoft conspiracy theory. Yes. In the hmm. spirit of the original Panda conspiracy theory regarding the Brawl roster. That was your first episode, wasn't it? Was it my first one? Yeah, you remember. were on that one because you were a master debater. Oh, that's right, the debater, even though I failed miserably. <laughs> but no, yeah, I remember that's what it was, yeah. But no, I have a new a new conspiracy theory, completely unrelated to Brawl, but regarding Ubisoft this time. So. And then we'll have a few mail-time questions to wrap it up. So continuing with the headlines, we have iPhone OS 4. Uh, you know, the Mac world had their, uh, Apple had their iPhone press conference sort of deal. And, you know, they had some you know, announcements about the next OS update. Like, they'll be multitasking, finally, for iPhone owners. But what matters most for us gaming fans is that they will finally have their own game center where you can... It can it's kind of like Xbox Live in a way where you can, you know, add friends 
invite them to multiplayer games, keep track of achievements, and certain other things. Now, the question I have for you, the buzzsaw, is <laughs> is this too much of a stretch for Apple to try to, you know, have their own gaming platform oh, sort of way? Not I mean, at all, because uh, I'm looking at a chart right here. In fact, I'll throw it in the stick am so you guys can throw it along. We throw it in the show notes, too. Um, it shows their distribution of, of apps that are being downloaded from you know, the, the iTunes store and whatnot. And games is just far and away the biggest. Like, nothing else even remotely compares. Just, games are the, are the big app on iPhone and iPod Touch and, and soon-to-be iPad. Uh, well, iPad now, since it's out. Right. Um, and so to me, it makes perfect sense for Apple to look at these stats and be like, hmm, maybe our fans like games. Maybe we should cater to that to make more money. So to me, it's not a... You know, a stretch at all. I mean, Facebook has their whole games platform, and like you said, Xbox has a little, you know, Xbox Live community. And I actually think Apple is better positioned to do this because the iPhone is inherently connected. You know, it's inherently designed to be on a network to be able to reach out and connect to other devices. So, in one sense, it'll do even better because you know, if you have an iPhone, you're already connected to the Apple network, you know, the network of other of other phones and whatnot. I don't know how they'll price that. I don't know, you know, how they'll go about adding value to that, but I think it's a brilliant move and a very, you know, logical move from to add this game center because uh, all this i stuff is rising as the new, you know, the new console of our generation, the mini console that fits in your pocket, basically. Mm-hmm. So... But um, you know, if, if you've if you've seen iPhone games, they're capable of 3D. That's that's the, the you know the miracle of these devices. These all these new phones coming out, not just the iPhone, but all phones, is they can handle 3D acceleration in the palm of your hand. So game developers are just up in arms, just loving it. You know, oh, wait, I contradicted myself. They love it. They don't hate it. <laughs> but uh, they're they're going crazy developing games for it, and it's it's definitely a force to be reckoned with. So it would be even more so for us to be reckoned with if they actually, um, you know, do something about the terrible controls that, you know, yeah. most iPhone games inherently have. I mean, well, they have recognized this problem. There are rumors that they might be addressing it through a, a patent of a kind of controller where you'd put your iPhone <laughs> in the middle and then be almost like a little tablet sort of thing where you'd be the controller maybe. with like the, the iPhone plugged in. I mean, that'd I, think, be a, I think I think part of the problem with that whole strategy, though. Is it's basing it's basing itself on, on the analogy of oh we need to try and get old games to work on this thing and you know pretend it's a new game when really I think game developers should treat it like you know the DS and the Wii where it's it's different it's new and you should learn to develop games differently so that it works with that interface rather than try and take games we're all familiar with and just you know cram it into this new interface yes but the DS and Wii still have buttons which is something this lacks I mean when well that's, that's when, fine. And I'm just I'm just saying they're they're different platforms, you know. They're, they're, so they'll they'll be catering to different types of games. So you're saying they shouldn't even try to have games like Metal Gear Solid or Resident <laughs> Evil Five? They're just so awful on the <laughs> iPhone and iPod Touch because it relies on like you know pinpoint touching, which you can't well, necessarily I, do. I think for those who are very avid fans of those series, yes, there should be added hardware. There should be a device that makes it so they're playable on your iPhone and whatnot. I just think that they should not expect those to ever reach you know critical mass and become mainstream i think that they should just accept that the iphone and ipad are all different and that they should just you know make new games for them 
because to me, I mean, if you if you sell this uh, peripheral that everyone needs, uh, everyone has to play on a little iPhone, they'll have, so they can have a little joystick and buttons or whatever. Then, well, why not just buy a DS at that point? Why why are we trying to adapt a device that's clearly not meant for that to do it? Mm-hmm. So I don't know. That's just my opinion on it. But it makes me think that, like, if you know Sonic Four, which is going to be you know coming out in a few more months, if that you know is supposed to be on the iPhone as well as the fourth mystery platform, like, how is that game going to play? Even a bigger telling example is Street Fighter Four, which just came out yeah. for iPhone. How can you play yeah. like a two D fighter? on an iPhone without buttons or, a, like, a, a directional pad of some sort. Well, and part of me wonders if these developers even played the game before they released it. It's like, oh, it works. Okay, release it. <laughs> like, and that, that's it. They didn't even bother, you know, giving it a run for its money and actually testing it out. I mean, I'm sure they did some testing, but, I don't know, I find it hard to believe because, like you said, it's just so ridiculous. I've, I've seen screenshots of the Street Fighter. They put these buttons and these controls right on the screen. Yeah. And so you're covering half the battlefield with your fingers, or your thumbs, anyway. But it's just, yeah, it's silly. I, I don't think, I don't, that's why I don't think it's smart to, you know, bend over backwards, porting all these old games over to the iPhone. You should be thinking of new games or new twists on old games, at least. But yeah, I mean, I think that you know, using the game center here is like an interesting idea moving forward. But I mean, the iPhone is just—it's doing be- or the iPod Touch or whatever—it's doing best at games like Plants vs Zombies. Or yeah. my mom, like my mom, who like has you know not played many video games aside from like Wii Fit or Wii Sports or anything like that. She's apparently gotten in this game, and I can't remember what it's called, but she takes care of these fish. <laughs> and of course, it's one of these games where they have like the the idea of like the freemium, where it's free only up to a certain point to like get you know the more advanced stuff you have to like pay for right. like the uh, the um, the unlocked version. Right, right. Um, I don't know if it's Fishville. It better not be because that's too reminiscent of Farmville, and that's just so evil. Um, but yeah, it's it's one of these fish games, and like it's great for those where it's just like you you touch things and like. Plants vs. Zombies is a great game that, like, yeah. is, is perfect on, you know, the iPod or iPhone uh, platform. But it'll be interesting to see how this actually develops. Um, but I think it's more of a call because they're seeing how successful the Xbox Live and the PlayStation Network is, and they want in. Yeah, like, I, th- I think the best ports we'll ever see will be DS games. Like, you know, you could... You could maybe get away with like a Phantom Hourglass port or something like that. It's true. You know, not that, not that Nintendo would ever do it, but just as an example. I mean, when things are primarily you know touch based to begin with, then they'll port pretty well. But yeah, I, the, all these other games, <laughs> Resident Evil and Street Fighter, <laughs> give it up. That's no good. Well, like I I don't know if you've seen. I've played. I've even played a a Doom and Quake on the iPhone. Oh. Or well, my wife has an iPod Touch, not an iPhone, I guess, but still, it's the same platform, and uh, it just doesn't work. It's it's fun because it's like, oh, that's so cool. It's like a 3D game on my phone or whatever. But it, it when you when you really try to play the game, you get you give up after five minutes because like I just can't move the way I can on other platforms, <laughs> and I don't like it. So <laughs> f uh, this, I'm done. <laughs> exactly. Uh, the so. next story we have to talk about is. Microsoft slipping up and announcing Gears of War 3 before it was actually supposed to be announced. Now, here's the story behind this one. Cliff Blazinski 
is the name of the man who is in charge of Epic Studios, who um, who is in charge of you know the Gears of War games, Epic Studios. Um, so he's also known by other names, Cliffy B, Dude Huge, um, and I know it's you know not a big surprise to have a Gears of War sequel or you know the the final installment of the trilogy. But the idea was that he was going to go on late night with Jimmy Fallon, who, you know, Jimmy Fallon had originally wanted the show to be more, you know, kind of teen-friendly and, you know, accepting of video games and that kind of idea. So the idea that Cliff Blazinski was going to go on late night and announce Gears of War 3 and when he'd come out and all that, and that's great. Except he got bumped by Justin Bieber. And who Justin Bieber is, the 15 or 16-year-old uh, Canadian pop star that is the... People are obsessed with him and Twitter and all that. And it's, and it's another reason to hate Justin Bieber. <laughs> um, because, you know, he bumped Cliff Blazinski off late night. And so the next day when, you know, this news was supposed to be out there, someone at Microsoft slipped up and put the announcement on the Xbox Live dashboard that says Gears of War 3 coming April 2011. And so now when Cliff will be on on Monday, on Monday's late night, it won't be as significant because of Justin Bieber. That's right, let's say it again. We hate Justin Bieber. <laughs> well, and and we were discussing before the show that like while everyone does look forward to the official announcement, Everyone knew that it was coming. Yeah. Like, you know, it's Gears of War. They made one. They made two. That leaves for three. Everything in this world is trilogies now. So, but, yeah. It is, it is nice to have it, like, official, official now. But So now he's supposedly going to be announcing another kind of game. Uh, another kind of first-person shooter on, on top of... two! Yeah. <laughs> That's what I want. Anyway, sorry. Uh, on top of uh, Gears of War 3. But, you know, it's... It just still won't be the same. Damn you, Justin Bieber. <laughs> well, pop, pop stars. They just throw them all into a, a burning fire. Especially when you see that video of like the three-year-old girl who like cried over him. And like for, for no real reason. <laughs> just why? <laughs> They're like, his hair is so pretty. And it's like, I don't care. We live in a shallow, shallow world, Yoko. Um, other kinds of games that have been given announcements, but, you know, and then some small tidbits of information, but not that much. Portal 2. Yay! Portal 2 is fantastic looking. <laughs> and GLaDOS is back in that. Ooh. Oh, yeah. Like, I read the... If you go to the uh, Portal Wikia, they have a lot of information that they gather there, which I don't know where they get this info from, but whatever, they get it. Um, you can read about the synopsis and the backstory and what's going to happen. And GLaDOS is back, and it supposedly takes place, like, many, 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 many years later. And, like, you were, your character was, like, preserved or something? I don't know. I don't remember the details. I think it's but... a different character than um, What's-Her-Face that you played in the first one. Uh, really? I, I think I'll, so. I'll, I'll have to check. I, I, I thought it was the same person, but I'm not sure. Talk in anyway, the chat. Yeah. Says it's, Chell is actually still there, just redesigned. Okay, it's still Chell, yeah. whatever. Ah, yeah. 
but yeah, if it's uh, if you go find the wiki on it, there's a lot of info there, and it's really cool. And yeah, Glados took all those years to reassemble, and there's some really funny quotes um, on the wiki too. There, you have to go check them out. I don't have memorized. I don't want to say them because I'll botch them. But anyway, Glados says a lot of funny things, and there's already some lines on the wiki from the second game that she says that are just hilarious. So, go find the wiki. Exactly, and the <laughs> other one is the Conduit too. Oh, bad yeah. timing. I just, um, I rented a Conduit 1. And oh, yeah. I'm about, I need to go play it, but I haven't played it yet before this show, so I, don't, I can't say anything. Well, but. the Conduit 2 is supposed to come out in sometime in August, so you'll have time before then. Um, yeah. I played uh, about three quarters of the way through the Conduit story. It was just a terrible, terrible story. So cliched. Yeah. And, That's what know, the review said, and I'm not looking forward to that, but... I'm the graphics to see look, how the gameplay handles. The graphics look good for the Wii. Um, you know, it's the Wii is starting to kind of hit its stride where certain developers can maximize the graphic potential. Um, except the only problem with like some of the gameplay was that a lot of the rooms were cookie cutter, and it's mm-hmm. it's a trap that a lot of first person shooter falls in, um, yeah. where you just like go into a room, you kill people, you move to the next room, or you do this other sort of puzzle. They had an interesting puzzle in the Conduit, the original, where you had this shining orb and you could like direct it and it would give you clues uh, to where you'd have to activate certain things. And, uh, it was interesting. The guns were pretty cool. But the online was apparently not so good once it handled uh, a lot of players. Like Brawl, yeah. oh snap. <laughs> Go figure. Yeah, I, want, um, I think they did the cookie cutter design because of the Wii controls. I think they were just kind of they wanted the controls to be more of the experience than kind of the level design, which I don't think is a wise decision. But um, the first-person shooter is still kind of settling in on the Wii. There's no real definitive good one yet. Right. Metroid's pretty good, but it's not really a first-person shooter, you know, per the definition. It's more of a Zelda-type game. True. So, so yeah, Conduit 2 comes out sometime in August. Has Portal 2 been given an actual? I know it'll be sometime this year, probably I later in the year. I think it was year. December. Yeah. Um, they may have given a date. I don't remember if it was an exact date, but I just remember them saying December. Yeah, so holiday don't look for it sounds anytime about right. soon. But, okay, um, so we'll wait, have to wait for those later in the year. Now, of course, the internet is full of leaks with different video games, um, and one of, we have a few of the more interesting ones. Um, there is a source, and I can't remember the exact name of the guy, but. This guy is famous for in the, uh, or should I say, infamous in the Shoryuken community for uh, leaking the entire Super Street Fighter 4 roster and things about the game significantly in advance. And this is, and it turns out that he was actually right, and he was IP banned from Shoryuken and all this other messy stuff. But the significant part about this is that he is back with more information. That is, Marvel vs. Capcom 3 will be announced in May. Now this is, stems back to uh, Tatsunoko vs. Capcom and that you know, Kotaku had an interview with the creator who said that, oh yeah, if you know Tatsunoko vs. Capcom does well in, the, in America with selling and all that, we'll probably announce the next Capcom game sometime, you know, versus, Capcom vs. game sometime later this year. And so that is supposedly going to be coming next month and it's Marvel vs. Capcom 3. Thoughts? What was the last release on that? Was it the Marvel vs. Capcom 2? They did the, the new release on the 
PlayStation Network or something or um they you know they came out with it on Xbox Live and PlayStation Network but yeah yeah that's what it was and I remember they added they they tweaked it and added like widescreen and some other things mm-hmm. and uh, um, they had like everything was unlocked and um oh that's right okay yeah. I actually yeah, got so it for Xbox Live actual third one now so that's cool yeah so we'll see if there's you know more characters like is there another character that you know we want I don't know cause... Mickey Mouse. <laughs> that would fit perfectly. <laughs> I mean, Disney owns them now. <laughs> Just let live. Like Goofy versus Hulk. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, the yeah. source for this is Team Spooky, uh, the mm-hmm. website where this is supposedly leaked. Um, I don't know if there's like an actual character that I'd want. Um, I was pretty happy with. You know, the, as long as Morgan comes back, which she of course I like, will. I like all the boring, the quote unquote boring Marvel characters. I like Wolverine. I like all the all the the run of the mill ones I use over and over. I'm glad they use them over and over because they're so cool. <laughs> yeah, I, I like Wolverine. He's my favorite. So yeah, um, yeah, that's that's an interesting leak that's supposed to be running out there. Also, Sonic Four. This podcast loves Sonic Four, except for certain members. <laughs> um, and some videos of the first few levels are out there online, and you know I I saw them and they they did look pretty fun, um, but it's I think it's just going to be a matter of you know actually feeling the control and having it actually in our hands. Um, the soundtrack was already released, not released, leaked. It's another leak that's out there, and that sounds good. They're uh, reusing a boss theme from Sonic 3D. Sonic 3D Blast, excuse me, um, that was actually in the beta of Sonic 3D Blast that they're bringing back and revamping as the boss song for Sonic 4. There you go, I got that, got that whole connection there right. Um, but no, like the soundtrack sounds fun, and the game looks like it'll be really, you know, it'll harken back to old school Sonic, which is always a good thing. Yeah, I haven't seen the videos. Is it two D interface? It is a two D interface. Um, okay. You know, with, so they're going back to really old school. That's awesome. It's it's like the two point five D idea. Like you won't be like well, yeah. working with the three D kind of stuff, but it looks. But, it, but it's three D rendered and yes, everything. Yes, the yes. scenery is three D and exactly. yeah, I understand that. You got it. Yeah. Um, then also there's the video for Metroid the Other M that you know, surfaced, and I know you want to talk about that. Well, I'll just. Mentioned like I said before, I'm I'm both excited and terrified. I'm I'm a very very avid fan of the Metroid Prime series and how they did that. I'm okay with them mixing things up because we've already had three Prime games and you know three is a good good run. And so I'm just a little weary just because of the whole no more nunchuck, you know, way simpling, simplifying down the controls. Um, but I I want to try it first because it looks like they're not. They're not dumbing it down. They're just taking a new approach to it. Like, you know, it's still fundamentally 3D, but at the same time, there's 2D instances that make the action a lot smoother and a lot more fun to play. So I'm really excited to play, but it's, it's just hard to understand. Like, I, I look at what he, what the, how, they, how the video plays out now, and you, like, you're in a 3D arena, but you're running, like, sideways. But then you, like, switch to 3D and look around and shoot something, and then go back to 2D, and it's like... Whoa! <laughs> like really Super weird. Paper Mario on steroids. Yeah, <laughs> Super Paper Metroid. That's what we're on here. Um, but, no, I'm really excited. I want to try it out. 
what I, what I will say on Other M is that, you know, even though it doesn't have Jennifer Hale, who I think is one of the, the greatest female voice actors in the video game world, um, you know, who is, she's done Samus for all the Metroid Prime games and all that, mm-hmm. Team Ninja knows two things, from judging from this video. They know action, and we know this from, you know, their games like Ninja Gaiden and all that. They know how to make a good action game and have it, you know, be fast-paced and intense and all that. That's already known. But it's looking like they actually know, and I had mentioned before, how, you know, certain studios are knowing how to get the most out of the Wii's graphics. And maybe it's because they're actually teaming up with first-party Nintendo. But this game looks like it is going to be very solid on the graphics front for a Wii game, and that is... Very exciting when you combine the action along with that. Again, we still have to, like... It, it is one of those things that, like, it looks like an interesting concept when you see videos of it, but how well will it actually handle when it's in your hands? And yeah, This is almost exactly. why I hope, like... I wish that, like, you know, Wii's almost had, like, a demo sort of system, like mm-hmm. Xbox Live and PlayStation Network, to, like, be able to try these kind of things before you actually go out and buy it. That, that'd be nice for a future console, Wii 2. Nintendo chose Nintendo. not to have a hard drive. Uh, yes, well... <laughs> Dingus. <laughs> so that's a whole different issue altogether, but... Oh, well. Interesting leaks that have been online the pa- these past few weeks. Also, um, you know, E3 is a couple months away. Get excited. It's um, hard to. <laughs> E3 is just year after year. I'm like, is it? Is it? Oh. Is it? Is it? Oh, like this year, the only thing I'm excited for is the mention of Zelda. I, I'm hoping that they have a revamped Zelda that is actually epic. But mm-hmm. I don't know. So Microsoft will be having their press conferences on Monday, June 14th. The day before, Sunday the 13th, they will be having a Project Natal Media Day sort of press conference deal. Well, they'll be showing probably the final build of Natal or close to the final build. So. We'll hopefully be seeing more of Natal than just... No more Milo. <laughs> yeah, no more Milo and no more throwing paint up yes. on the wall and these kinds oh, of... Oh, <laughs> and, and no more jabs at the Wii either. That's one thing I really got tired of last time with both them and Sony. They're like, look how awesome our motion control is. Oh, and ours is not gay like the Wii is and all this stuff. And I was like, come on. You guys both denounced the Wii when it first came out. It outsold you guys and now you think it's a good idea so it's like have a little humility admit that they did that nintendo did a good job and that you think you can do better now it's okay to say that you know good job nintendo we think we can one-up you but rather than instead they're just like yeah we suck we never succeeded at all but we're what we're doing is awesome and it's like oh brother that's that's the one thing that uh i i liked about e3 or that you know it'll be around for years to come <laughs> you ever wonder what the bottom of an avatar shoe is like? Well, bam! There yeah. it is. <laughs> bam! <laughs> Best video ever. <laughs> and his avatar like flips out and just goes yeah. all over. But yeah, just Nintendo or not Nintendo? Sorry, Microsoft. If you're listening, no more Milo. That was the wrong demonstration. Um, I have a social life in my home. I don't need to go outside. I have Milo. <laughs> so uh, Sony's. Uh, will be on Tuesday, June 15th. That'll probably be when Nintendo's is. They haven't confirmed that, but Nintendo usually comes first in the morning, and then, um, you know, Sony right after. Um, we haven't talked... 
I don't even... I'm trying to remember what we talked about and we did not talk about it on the last episode. PlayStation Move is the name of Sony's new motion controller. They uh, finally came out with that kind of name, and, you know, it's it's totally like a Wii Remote. Not going to lie. They got the sub-controller, which is definitely yeah. the nunchuck. We talked about Move briefly last episode, but I, I want to know what your thoughts on the PlayStation Move are, Buzz. Um... Well, like you said, it's 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 a step up from the Wii Remote. It looks like it has better reception and better motion control because the, of their technological approach to it. But fundamentally, it's the same thing. Like, I mean, my question to the Sony would be, okay, so what games are you going to come out with that are not the not Wii games, not Wii equivalents? You know, we have sword fighting games, we have tennis games and golf games. Like, what's what's the major difference? And another another thing I think is funny is uh, um, the place name the name Move is like really bland, but at the same time it fits their motif, it fits their name style. I mean, think about their console; it's a PlayStation, it's a station for playing. Like you know, mm-hmm. it's very straightforward and self-defined, and so Move fits right in there. It's like this is where you move while playing the station of playing, <laughs> like you know. But um, I'm interested to see what they come out with. Maybe they'll come out with more clever games than we did, but I don't know. It's it's not that different. I think Natal is more is kind of stands out more as an idea for a platform, right? Than because Move it's controller does. free, right? And and well, and like I would like to try Natal on that one demo, the the very first Natal video they showed where they had the kid doing the the combat with the guy. Yeah, that looked kind of cool. I'm not gonna lie, I was kind of like that'd be kind of cool to sit there and like really like you know, take pop shots at a guy that's not really there, but um, the PlayStation Move, we'll just have to wait and see. Mm-hmm. Uh, if they don't build game, good games for it, they'll just stop supporting it. And that's the thing. Is they'll just be like, okay, we're only good at six-axis games. Let's just go back to that. Right. But I mean, they have the starter kit, which has, you know, the PlayStation Eye, which is the camera that you need to go along with it, um, as well as one Move controller and one sub-controller. Did and they, did I they think put a, a price on game. it? What's that? Did they put the price on that? I can't remember if they announced yes. a price yet. Yes, so the I, the one controller, and the one sub-controller, and I think maybe like a, a starting game kind of yeah. deal is $100. Yeah. And, and that to that's me, for one. Yeah, that, that to me will kill the start of it. Maybe they'll have a package later on and they'll get it caught on better, but like the Wii is the Wii. You buy the Wii, you have the experience. I mean, yes, they have Motion Plus and some other things coming out, but... PlayStation 3, you got to buy a console first, and then you buy motion control, and then you buy a game. And to me, that's dangerous business territory. They, should, they need to bring that price down. Yeah. So, that's just me. They also said that, um, what was it? They're trying to get the, they're trying to move the Wii generation into HD. Now, do you buy that? Does the Wii generation or the Wii audience, do they want to move in HD, or are most of them just content with staying on the Wii? Yes and no. Like, I, I've met a lot of people who said, yes, it's now time, I wish my Wii was HD, and it's getting a little annoying. But by and large, no, the, the Wii audience doesn't care. Because, I mean, if you think about it, a lot of moms buy the Wii for their kids. And where do the kids play? On their low-def TV up in the attic, or up in their room, or whatever. Or, you know, whatever. I... I don't see very many Wiis even set up on the big TV if there is one. So, 
I mean, yeah, some people will be like, yeah, motion control in HD, finally, but I think that's a very tiny audience. I think Nintendo made the right move to not support HD yet, to keep costs low, and they'll go HD next generation. I mean, mm-hmm. th- that's when HD TVs will be everywhere, so. Yeah. Um, let's see, so, moving on from Move, the last headline is April Fool's Day happened, and... I thought that it was pretty weak. I mean, in past years, IGN usually does good stuff. Two years ago, they had the Zelda movie, which is the, Zelda trailer, the, yeah, the best April Fool's internet <laughs> thing for gamers of all time. Like, there's no denying that. Um, last year, they had the... Do you remember the Brawl uh, with the blood? The brawl with blood. Yeah. <laughs> that was awesome. It's like, adult brawl! <laughs> so IGN this year had the Halo movie trailer, but it had a Bollywood twist on it. And, I don't know, it was it was kind of funny, and it was, it was creative, but it wasn't that strong. Um, you also had the text P mode for YouTube, where they kind of made it like a Matrix sort of thing for one day. With all yeah, different you, characters. YouTube and... goes ASCII for a day. Yep. Um, at that. That's really funny. I think my favorite one was uh, the Google Android app, where it's the uh, animal-to-human-speech translator. <laughs> that was that was pretty great. Um, but otherwise, I, like, there weren't... I like the Blizzard one. Did you see the Blizzard Battle.net connection one? I did not. Tell us about that one. Um, if you if you go to Blizzard, I'm sure they still have it somewhere. They usually keep their jokes posted a few days after, and you can still find it. But they made Battle.net out to be like this love connection site instead of a game connection site, and you you find your significant other through um, through qualities of gameplay, not through qualities of the person. It was really really funny, and I, th- I think there's a link to it in this Kotaku article you have. In the yeah. outline, I think I see but it's it, just yeah, funny because yeah. the video shows people like they're, they're being totally dead serious to the camera, and they're just like, like I want somebody who can keep up with me when I do a zergling rush. I mean, when I get in and make that attack, I need them to hit the other side with proton zealots. I don't have time to wait. I need someone who can do that for me. And they're just like they show them all like cuddling and playing side by side, and, and it shows like the, like one of the architects of, ba- of Battlenet like. You need to find your significant other. Go on Battlenet. And it's really really funny. Just you need to go have to check it out, but. Good for good, especially good for if you're a WoW fan. It has a lot of WoW references. Yeah. Um, let's see what else was there. Uh, Google was Topeka for a day because you know Topeka, Kansas changed their name to Google in order to get the uh, the Google Fiber network over there. So <laughs> I thought that one was dumb, but yeah. it, it was like kind of clever but dumb. There were a lot of dumb ones, like uh, Final Fantasy VII heading to Nintendo DS. <laughs> and uh, did, you see, did you see the Pokemon Cart Wii trailer on 1UP? Uh-uh. Oh, gosh. It was it was bad. It was funny, <laughs> but it was really bad. Like, it, like the graphics were just so awful that you can tell it was a joke right away. You, like, you couldn't fool yeah. anyone with that. Um, well, there's a, an epic Sesame Street on IGN Australia where they had, like, you know, Big Bird and Oscar the Grouch and Snuffy and, like, the epic Mickey kind of concept art drawings. Uh, that was pretty interesting. I don't know. It was it was just a pretty weak year overall for April Fool's. Yeah. Generally, I'm not a fan because I try to read my news sites, like, even non-game news sites, and all of them are busy doing jokes, so I can't read any, take any of the headlines seriously. But then I find one that makes me chuckle, and I 
like <laughs> I like it. So see if I if I had time, I would have done something for Show Me Your News, but I just did not have time. Honestly, mm-hmm. um, and that that makes me feel sad because will the podcast go into next year for the next April Fools? Who yes, knows? <laughs> yes. Who knows? Um, out recently, the past few past few weeks, we mentioned at the top of the show that we hadn't played these games yet, but we thought we should mention them. Final Fantasy thirteen. That was that's a big one. I don't know why, but like when that game was being you know advertised on TV, like they were doing like NBA games that were presented by Final Fantasy thirteen. Yeah. Why? I don't know. Honestly, do not. Because Final Fantasy thirteen fans like basketball, apparently. They want to get the urban market because Leona Lewis <laughs> sings the theme. And yeah, I don't know. Um so um you had said that you had thoughts on Final Fantasy thirteen. What was Well it and it's very, very personal and biased. I just I I saw the first trailer for it and I just about died because it's just it's it's sensory overload. I feel like the artists have lost control. I don't feel like it's very I can bond with it anymore and relate to anything in the game. It doesn't feel very realistic and um I don't know, like I'm an old school Final Fantasy fa- fan and I don't mind that they're changing directions, but they should change the name in my opinion. It should be another series because I mean it's all all modern and 3D and high tech and all this stuff, and they and I heard that the according to reviews the gameplay was very linear versus yeah. you know being open and explore and being able to explore everywhere. So um, I need to play it. That's the thing is I I haven't played it, so I can't make a this harsh judgment call. But just from what I've seen and what I've heard, I don't like where it's going, and that's just me. So I'll still maintain that it's one of the most beautiful games that I think has ever well, been made. They should make movies. They, I mean, they're so good at it. Just Start making movies. Stop making games. <laughs> what do you think Advent Children was? That was not a movie. That was <laughs> that was a game without controls. A goovy. <laughs> goovy. There you go. <laughs> um, there's yeah. also God of War three, which is also looking epic and beautiful in a different way with the Somebody PS3. Somebody send me a PS three and God of War three because I want to play those games so badly. Mm-hmm. That's another confusing thing with like when I was ta- we were talking about Gears of War three earlier. It's like G of War three. What? Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, they're like you know the same kind of amazing controls for you know the God that the God of War series is famous for. Just the boss battles have a lot more scale to it, and mm-hmm. it's not like Shadow of Colossus scale, but still pretty epic. Well, God of War is up there with in terms of like. Um, games like Borderlands, like, like I said in the previous podcast, I bought Borderlands on a whim. Like that was one of the very few games where I just watched trailers. I'm like, that looks so fun, and I bought it, and it was fun. God of War has that same appeal. I don't have a PS3, so I can't get it, but it's one of those games where I just watch videos. I'm like, that looks so fun. I want to play this game, <laughs> but I don't have a console for it. So someday, rage. I'll, I'll <laughs> Rage and you, Ridge um, Racer, <laughs> Ridge Racer, yeah, 2006 Sony E3, facepalm, giant Mega enemy face crab, palm. 599 US dollars, <laughs> and you hit this weak spot for massive damage. Yes, God um, of War. Someone send me a PS3 and God of War. I'll love you forever. And then also Red Steel 2 came out at the end of March and. 
It's one game that I want to get around to renting and playing, but again, no time. Um, but once, I heard... uh, once Gamefly has it, I will rent it. I'll write a review. <laughs> I heard conflicting things. I heard that you know it's great to have like the sword control finally be one and one and one with the motion plus. Yeah. But I also heard that the game was kind of a letdown. It it wasn't. It wasn't. Um, I watched reviews of it, and um, the reviews I saw indicated that the art change was good. Like it was kind of no point to the first game's art right. style. Right. And they said the controls were a lot better, and it was a lot more fun. There were other things that were holding it back. I can't remember what they mentioned, but there was something else that made it like kind of repetitive and kind of boring that it didn't quite live up to its name. But yeah. the, Oh, and the other problem I had with it was uh, there's absolutely no connection to the first game. Like, they're common well, in a, name only. That's a good thing, because the first <laughs> game was just like, Scott the Sun, and... <laughs> <laughs> well, why didn't they change the name, though? That's my question, is... I mean... I mean, they're trying to obviously they're trying to work with their brand recognition at least a little bit and say, "Look, it's another Red Steel. It's nothing like the first Red Steel, but it's Red Steel." All the yeah, all you can really say about Red Steel though is just like so much English. Yeah. <laughs> don't shoot! Well, don't shoot! Every time they interview the developers for that game, I feel so bad because they always get this foreign developer and they have no like spokesman who speaks good English. They have this like French guy who's like. All right, and if you pick up the Wii remote and you kill and you slash this guy, and I'm like, oh jeez, I can't understand a word he's saying. But anyway, cut, 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 cut. <laughs> and you do slice his face off, and he bleeds profusely. I have no uh, idea what accent I'm doing, but whatever. But yeah, at least like at least it's better than the first one. That's all you can yeah. really ask. Well, and the reviews agreed with that. They all said um, this is a good shift. It's a lot better. Give it a shot. It's not nearly as bad as the first one was. So, so on to the biggins. Um, so Nintendo had a very very small press release that announced supposedly the next handheld platform. And no, it will not be another expansion of the DS, unlike the. DS Fat, the DS Lite, the DSi, the DS XL. Yeah. It is currently being dubbed as the 3DS because it is supposed, and we don't know technically how this will work yet, but it will supposedly handle 3D graphics without the use of 3D glasses. I'm tired of the 3D obsession. I kind of agree, except... 3D movies, 3D theaters, 3D this, 3D that. I wonder how they'll be handling 3D, though, because if it's 3D coming out, then, yeah, I'm a little skeptical. However, Mm -hmm. there are some DSiWare games, and you may have seen videos on this, where um, you basically, and it's, you know, for DSi, where it has the camera, but it uses the camera. When you move around the DS, it judges the positioning... And there is actual 3D depth in yeah. the game. Head tracking. Head Which tracking. Is so cool. Head tracking is a technology I totally agree with, and to me, that's the next step in making games look real. But from yeah, the, the 3DS. I don't know what they're aiming for with that per se. There's yeah. 3D movies are they died in the 80s for a reason. 
<laughs> That's all I got to say. And Virtual but, Boy failed for a reason. Yes. Uh, I don't know. Um, I guess you, you have a new generation of inventors and a new generation of you know, people wanting to be innovative, and maybe they have a better idea. So I guess we'll have to wait and see. Mm-hmm. There's a, a shopped a Photoshop mock-up that's floating around on Kotaku, and it's it's kind of is you know weird because it's one screen, almost like an iPad kind of thing, which is kind of takes yeah. away the whole DS dual screen idea. Plus, it's just you can tell that it's definitely created right. with like a three D modeling sort of thing, and it's not that legit. But it's still interesting to see, like to possibly consider, which it won't be the case. But uh, supposedly. Sharp might be manufacturing the uh, the three D three D S screen, the you know well known electronics manufacturer. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see what it says here. The article from Kotaku says Sharp unveiled its new three D touchscreen LCD technology in Tokyo today. This is a couple weeks ago, touting the new tech's high brightness and low crosstalk. That is double images created by overlapping left and right images, calling it ideal for sophisticated mobile devices such as smartphones. Hmm. Hmm. I don't know. It's, it's really just speculation at this point, and we'll have to wait for E3, because this is when they will supposedly, Nintendo, now I'm talking about here, will supposedly announce more information at E3. Which that what means- I'm, cu- I'm kind of curious about is, uh, this is kind of an aside, but it's related. Um, Nintendo has been using AMD, for their 3D technology, like the Wii, you know, if you look on it, there's actually an AMD logo on it, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, but I heard that they were announcing they're moving to the NVIDIA Tegra chip for their future handheld. I'm not sure if this is the one they're talking about, and I'm curious to know if they are, because it sounds like they're moving away from AMD, because NVIDIA is, frankly, better. <laughs> Sorry, it's AMD fans. Definitely but, very possible. But anyway, I'm just curious about that, because, okay, so you, if you switch technologies... How is that backwards compatible if they all were all designed with the other chip? But, I don't know, maybe they're using a generic system. But um, I'm curious whether this is that chip, whether this this is that handheld they're talking about, or if there's yet another one coming out that's not even related to the DS, if there's making one that's totally different and still in development. Because they made that announcement a while ago, they're saying they're using the NVIDIA Tegra chip now, and yet the 3DS shows up and it's still a DS. I'm like, well, what does it use? So, right. Some interesting speculation there. Indeed. Um, you know, this it'll probably be backwards compatible. I'd imagine it would be able to handle you know 2D and 3D games if it continues the dual screen route. So it'll be able to likely handle all DS games, um, which is is great. I mean, hooray for backwards compatibility. I know the PS3 doesn't like backwards compatibility. Snap. But uh. Well, and Nintendo's been pushing it because they have a bad track record of backwards compatibility. Mm-hmm. I mean, every console they put out, none of them were related to each other. <laughs> this is true. And it's like, you just had to buy new hardware, and then all your old games required the old hardware. And it wasn't until Wii that they had backwards with GameCube. Meanwhile, PlayStation was doing PlayStation 1, 2, 3, even though 3 didn't do, a, not do such a great job, but still. But it just makes you think, why did they even bother with the XL? Or even the DSi, unless this is still like a couple years down the road. DSi, they did it for DRM. Mm. They, it's a, I mean, they may not market it that way. They've obviously marketed other features, but DSi introduced like region coding and other things that the previous DSs didn't have. 
That's true. Yeah. And they're becoming more, you know, the R four chip and things methods of pirating are becoming more and more prevalent. They wanted a new protection, but they had to market it in a way that people wanted it. So, you know, I, I think that's a big reason is is copy protection underneath all the market hype. According to Kirby Chu in the chat, the 3DS will supposedly be out in Japan by March 2011. So it doesn't give you that much time until this actually is going to be a reality. But we'll have to wait for more information at E3. Now, how great of an E3 would that be for Nintendo? You have... 3DS, if that's you know actually what it's going to be called, mm-hmm. Zelda will have to make an appearance at E3 in some format, mm-hmm. and you're going to have definitely a final playable build of Other M because that comes out at the end of June. It will be a couple weeks after the conference. Um, Other M comes out in June. Yeah. Oh, no one told me that. I'm excited now. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! And then Mario Galaxy 2 will already be out by the time E3 rolls around. I haven't beaten Mario Galaxy 1 yet. I'm lame. <laughs> it's a fun game, but I just haven't taken the time to just sit down and just finish the last few worlds. So, I mean, it's interesting to speculate on what Nintendo's going to have at E3, but are there cards already laid out on the table, essentially? It's very possible. So, we'll see. Um, now, for the other big in, the buzzsaw here has the second conspiracy theorist and it's about Ubisoft. Mm-hmm. Take it away. It is. All right, well, as many of you may or may not know, Ubisoft recently released a new form of DRM, that's digital rights management, that's copy protection on their games. It is the most like strict and just cruel protection they've ever had in a game. This one requires that your single player game, like, you know, like Assassin's Creed 2 and those games that you play by yourself, must have a continual online connection during the entire game. Like, not like Steam, where it just starts up and authenticates once, or authenticates once in a while. Like, your internet has to be flawless for the entire duration of the game. If there's any blip in your internet, you'll get a message saying, oh, uh, stop playing for a second, we have to reconnect. And, you know, if it doesn't ever successfully reconnect, you lose all your saved progress up to that point. Really, really frustrating. And obviously, they're receiving a lot of flack for it, because their servers went down one weekend, and all their fans were like, hey, we paid for this game, we want to play it, and it's not working, and what's, what's up? And they're like, oh, let us fix our servers and all this stuff. A lot of dumb moves by Ubisoft, and it was really confusing to me. I was like, why would they do this? Okay. Now, in other news, you have OnLive. If you're not oh, familiar yeah. with that, go look it up. It's the, it's the new streaming game service where you have games hosted on servers, and you play games on your computer or they'll eventually on your TV too using what they call a micro console. Wasn't that and at you, uh, GDC last year? They had started a rumor yep. about that? Yeah. Yeah, well they, well, they demonstrated it there too. Yeah, and so basically... Was, it's already been a year, uh, wow. Yeah, it's it's been a long time, and they've been working on it a long time. On Live comes out this June. They actually have a release date now. And their pricing scheme is $15 per month. After that, then you can buy games. And after you buy your games... You have to pay $15 a month to maintain access to those games. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, and so to me, that's just stupid on so many levels, but it's a publisher's dream because the publishers know that will just, like, strangle piracy at the throat, you know? There's no way you can pirate a game like that because the code is never, ever on your on your machine. You know, you have no access to the original game. Okay, so you have those two things, and 
Ubisoft is a big supporter of OnLive, a big supporter. They've, they've invested in it. They have sworn titles to it. They, you know, they're publishing games on OnLive. And so I was thinking about that. And I was like, why would they release you know, an idiotic DRM system like three months before OnLive comes out? I mean, why don't they just put on OnLive and call it good? But then suddenly it dawned on me, maybe that's why. Maybe they're testing the viability of pumping you know, video that fast, that extreme, over the internet to the player. Because if you think about it, the DRM on games like Assassin's Creed 2 and these other games that are coming out more recently, Ubisoft, like, you have to have a continual connection, but the data that's being transferred is very small. It's like, you know, it's just information about the DRM. It's information about authentication, your password or whatever. Right. You know, just making sure that you're not, you know, cracking the game or whatever and just making sure that you're still, you know, who you say you are. But I think what they're doing, and this is this is kind of where my theory kicks in, is maybe they're testing this first. Maybe before they you know put all their eggs in one basket and jump onto on live and swear all their titles to it, they want to see well if you know if servers can't keep up with this, this little data that's not even video, just little itty bitty authentication DRM data that's running all the time. What makes on live think that they can stream huge video clips live? You know, you have to send your video, your your controller inputs to the servers, and the servers calculate that, calculate the next you know frame of of animation, and send that video frame back to your computer. That's a lot of travel, and that's a lot of data doing that travel really fast. You also need a good internet connection, which a lot of people don't really have. Well, and even when you do, you have lag, you have latency, you have issues. You know, if you ever watch a, a YouTube video buffer. You'll see the number like you'll see the little red bar like it'll flicker it'll like it'll go really fast and stop and then go really fast and stop and or go really slow for a bit and you know and so again my theory is that Ubisoft is testing the waters they're saying maybe we shouldn't you know jump all in with online maybe we should back off a bit because here we have this really simple DRM scheme that doesn't hold up you know that the 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 servers keep going down and, and the data can't keep up and there's all these issues and so. I, I kind of see one of two things happening. One, it'd be really cool to see Ubisoft say, "Hey, we're not going to put our games on on live because we don't believe it'll work. You know, we don't believe it'll keep up. We think customers won't be satisfied the experience. We're just going to back out." Or two, this is kind of the one I don't hope happens. Two, they got bad PR on purpose. They made this DRM look so cruel and mean, so that when on live comes out, it doesn't look as bad. It's like, oh yeah, online is acceptable because what Ubisoft did was terrible. But this one, uh, not so bad. We could tolerate this one. Interesting. So, now that, that's pretty much my theory. This so. is for you clarify. This is for Ubisoft PC games. Yes. Yeah, sorry, I just I didn't specify that. But yeah, yeah, PC games have that DRM. Console games, they don't. Assassin's Creed Two came out on consoles long time ago, I think right. November or something, and the PC one just barely came out this March. So, but it has this new protection on it, and customers are mad, and I think they have a right to be mad. So, mm-hmm. and yeah, you do have uh, Ubisoft coming out, or you know, as they have published uh, Splinter Cell Conviction, which comes out this week, and that was announced back at last year's E3. Good times, but yeah, you know, 360 PS3 so far not affected by this on live stuff. So, I mean, it's. I, I remember when it first came out, you were a staunch, you know, not in support, uh, had a, had that kind of perspective for online, on live, and uh, mm-hmm. 
I mean, it's it's one of those things that it's it would be a very troubling move for the gaming industry if it everything went in that direction. I'd say, like, it's one of those things that we would come to accept if internet was, you know, flawless. If internet laced exactly. every inch of the earth, was the same speed no matter where you were. I think we would come to accept it. We'd be like, okay, you know what? It's easier and cheaper just to have it hosted there and we just play it remotely. But we're not there yet. Exactly. I live in Idaho. I I can say more than anyone that internet blows when you live far from urban areas. Um, My connection, I've gone days without internet. I've gone hours without internet. Just all the time the internet's flickering up and down fast and slow and it just does whatever it wants. So something like OnLive is just laughable to me that it'll, it'll ever make money. And especially when you have issues now with like net neutrality is still trying to be pushed through. Like if we can't even decide that like net neutrality should exist because things like Comcast or I despise Comcast. We have them right now and it's just awful. Even for a nice urban <laughs> area like Ann Arbor, like yeah. the, the service just like is, is terrible at times. And I mean, people on Stickham can attest to the fact when I'm, I'm playing games sometimes, and like, suddenly my connection goes away because Comcast, you know, for like five times in mm-hmm. a span of a couple hours, my video streaming connection is broken. It's, it's terrible. But, um, yeah, Internet is not at a point where it is at a constant, solid rate for everybody. Yep. And um, th- there was that point was made a while back when... Um... Uh, when uh, who are they? <laughs> Blizzard. Uh, Blizzard announced that uh, StarCraft would have no land play and would barely have any offline play. Oh, right. A lot of us, you know, spoke up and said, "Okay, hold on. Like, we do want to play your game, but you gotta understand, our internet's not that great. You know, we we want we want land play, we want offline play because you know the internet's not reliable." And their response, and to, at first I criticized them for this, but now I'm kind of. You know, kind of realizing how it really is. Blizzard's response was, "Well, that's really unlikely. That's like saying the power would go out." And at first, I was really enraged by that because I was like, "You jerks! Like yeah. you live in your corporate offices with your you know perfect internet that never goes away." <laughs> but but then it did kind of dawn on me. I was like, "That's part of the problem. That the reason they're making these business moves is they really don't know how bad it is. Right? They don't they don't live out there with crappy internet. And they don't know what it's like to lose your connection. You know, several hours a week for no reason whatsoever." Indeed. But, yeah. All right. So with that, let's get to the mail time questions. We have three this week. We just got a letter. 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 Wonder who it's from. And the first one kind of harkens back to the original days of Show Me Your News and Brawl and all that stuff. It's from Psycho Wing X9. The good old days. Yeah. How <laughs> has your opinion on Nintendo, Nintendo Wi-Fi, and Brawl changed since you started the podcast? Huh. You want me to start, or you can start? It. You can start. Okay. Um, I'll start with Nintendo Wi-Fi. My opinion has not changed because my opinion was correct the first time. <laughs> um, <laughs> everyone was saying, "Oh, Wi-Fi is going to change everything. Everyone will be pro." And I was like, "No, you guys are dumb." Wi-Fi will not replace anything. It'll have lag. The people who are going on Wi-Fi will not immediately translate over to be good in the real world. I mean, and they can practice and become good. That's a different issue. But um, generally speaking, there's Wi-Fi play and there's offline play. 
and that my opinion is still the same. Wi-Fi is really not fun. It's laggy. It's problematic. Mm-hmm. You know, nothing there. Um, as far as Brawl, my opinion changed a great deal because when Brawl first came out, everyone was like, "Oh, it's so floaty and it's so bad and it's all this stuff," and I wouldn't have any of it. I was like, "Okay, Melee is seven years old, and it's older now. I mean, it's almost nine years old now, but it's like it had time to develop." There's things we discovered that we didn't discover till years after it had been out, and it became a fast and crazy game. Brawl is like two months old. What are you all complaining about? Like, let's give it some time. Let's learn some stuff. And time has now gone by, and we've learned some stuff, and the game is getting faster, but it really has capped out. And it is kind of depressing to see that a game I had such high hopes for is really bad in terms of letting people recover without much effort and it's a really slow-paced game. I don't like watching videos. So my opinion of Brawl actually has kind of gone down. I do still play. I like the game, but it's not a competitive game I'm interested much in anymore. Yeah, I mean, I I still like Brawl, but I I don't play it that much anymore because doing a, a show where you're playing a bunch of different games, you can't really focus on one game anymore. But I still have a ton of respect for the Brawl community. I still do stuff for Smashboards and I still spend time there and do the whole mod thing. So I'll always think highly of Brawl, and um, but I'm just, I just can't put that much time towards it anymore. I, I will you know, at times have people over, and it is a good game to play with friends. You know, yeah, it's time. a fantastic group game. I love it. For but. sure. Um, but Wi-Fi, yeah, it's... I mean... Let's see, when it compared to the early days of the podcast, Brawl was life. That was <laughs> that's plain and simple. Yeah. <laughs> so I guess it has gone down since those days. Um, but, you know, Wi-Fi, I, we had a lot of high expectations for with Brawl. We saw all the uh, the possibilities that it could do, like with the dojo updates, and we uh, it was amazing times. But now, like, everyone knows that Brawl's Wi-Fi is... Not that great. But Nintendo Wi-Fi as a whole is still inferior to other gaming online systems, but it's definitely better than nothing. It is better than nothing. I, mean, I like playing online games. I mean, I just, you know, we're going to go back to Pokemon here, and I know Buzz won't be able to to chime yeah. in on this, but I, I did a, um, like a little trade with my brother, and... Just to be able to, like, you know, connect your DSs through the Nintendo Wi-Fi connection and, you know, speak through the microphone that's built in there, even though it's, you know, kind of low quality, just the ability to do that is pretty cool. So, I mean, just Wi-Fi to connect, you know, the systems and consoles and all that overall, I guess it's gone down as far as Brawl is concerned, but it hasn't really changed or even has increased a little bit for, you know, Wi-Fi as a whole. Because back when Brawl was out, like, there weren't that many good online offerings for the Wii. We did not know what the Wii was capable of as far as online is concerned. The first online game for the Wii was Pokemon Battle Revolution. Not a good game. The next one, however, was (laughs) Mario Strikers Charged, which was amazing. It's so good. Yeah, that Wi-Fi is is still to this day really awesome. I mean, minus all the glitchers and cheaters right now, but... Um, I I love Strikers, and yeah, the the Wi-Fi in that, to me, really couldn't be any better. The lag was not significant. It didn't bother me. I felt like I was playing offline, and that game did really, really, really well. 
Yeah, and so you also had, you know, DVD Smith is pointing out in the, the Stickham chat that, you know, you had Mario Kart DS for the DS Wi-Fi connection, and then Mario Kart Wii had solid uh, Wi-Fi. So, you know, my, what has my opinion of Wi-Fi changed since I started the podcast? Like, there are better offerings now, and, you know, brawl aside, I think Wi-Fi, my opinions on it, has increased. But, yeah, Super Smash Bros. Brawl, online, what else can you say about it besides... Wah, wah. Yeah, I'm. Well, I'm still mad just because, like, I mean, Strikers. That's Nintendo's game, and even in Strikers, you could pick a random opponent, and it would show you their name. Brawl. It's like you're just matching up against faceless villains, and you just kill them all, and then you go visit the forums, and people are like, "Why does everyone pick Ike? I hate how everyone picks Ike." And I'm like, oh. <laughs> oh, he's so good, top tier. <laughs> Psycho, like, Wings, uh, Psycho Wings adding on the chat. Do you think the Wi-Fi connection will improve next generation? What do you think? Um, <laughs> will it? Don't know. Can it? Definitely. I mean, it's, yeah. all, it's up to Nintendo. I, I think Nintendo should know enough if they're going to be... See, when, whenever Nintendo goes to next generation, they always say that they're innovating. And so, whether it's on a console front, I think they'll also improve on a internet connection front. I think they need to know that, like player-to-player well, connections for fighting games, not the best system. I mean, unless you, unless you get some uh, some new management in there, not much is going to change, unfortunately, because you look at Nintendo's philosophies, they are against developing MMOs, and they're against people spending too much time playing games. Like, they actually have that weird kind of go-outside balance in their games. And I just don't foresee them jumping all in and making this awesome... Xbox Live style arena where you have names and you had friends and you can see each other online in any game. Or oh, whatever. I don't either, but I think they'll like, come up with something unique. I think they'll still use friend codes, to be honest, because <laughs> they're so paranoid about parents and um, protecting kids. Oh, excuse me, <laughs> protecting kids and uh, all this stuff. I mean, they're good philosophies and all. And that's kind of what Nintendo does. Is they're the family console. I really don't see much change coming. I see some improvements. I see maybe better infrastructure, but I don't think it'll improve that much, unfortunately. Interesting. Unless they get new management. Like I said, they maybe get some new guy in there who's like, all right, Nintendo, wake up. He's trying to fix this. and You never know. Mm. So, Next mail time question is a very difficult one from Cyberlink420. Um, I'm really trying to run my head on, over some of these and I'm come up with nothing, but let's see if we can try to come up with something. Are there any games that you love that seemingly everyone else hates? Or at least what titles do you consider to be severely underrated? Oh, man. I am I need a moment to think because I know that emotion perfectly. Yeah. Like, I'm like, I try to introduce people to a game. And they're just like, this game sucks. I'm like, no, it's the best game ever. No, no. <laughs> no I love it. Um, trying to convince them and it doesn't work. Um, you know, one that's coming to mind for me is actually Star Fox Assault. Um, I know that the ground missions are kind of eh, iffy, but you had really solid multiplayer for the game. I, the way I saw it, that game was kind of like Halo for the GameCube, if you kind of thought about it. It was kind of similar, and you know, it just recaptures the, the flight sort of mechanics perfectly. Um, but people say that the game is not that good, they hate it, and you know, it's just not a good game. And I really enjoy Star Fox Assault. Um, underrated? Hmm. Um, um, um. 
I know it's probably going to be one of these like kind of niche games that um you know a lot of people it don't get a lot of press sort of thing. Um I know one of my best friends um really really enjoys the uh Call of Duty Reflex version that came out and it just got, you know, terrible press that, you know, they wanted to almost sweep it under the rug, but it's still almost shy of a, a million units sold or copies sold, which is really solid um, considering that the game did not get a lot of press at all before its release. Um, do I guess Sonic, people were saying in the chat, like Sonic Adventure 2, I mean, yeah, I guess some people say that it's it's not as good, but people have more negative opinions of Star Fox Assault, in my opinion, than they do of Sonic Adventure 2, because I think they see Sonic Adventure 2 as the last good 3D Sonic game, because Sonic Adventure was pretty solid, Sonic Adventure 2 also pretty solid, but from there, it started to go downhill. Um, let's see, I never played Guitar Hero DS, and people are just, you know, also mentioning all these other games, because I really could not get around the whole, like, attach it to your DS and there are only be four buttons and all that, and you have to strum on the touchscreen. Uh, I really don't know. Um, you got anything yet, Buzz? Um, I, th- I, th- I thought of a couple. My wife brought up Melee because everyone in the complex refuses to play with me because I'm too good. <laughs> but that's kind of an exception. Um, I kind of, I've kind of thought of a couple games. One is a, it's a PC game, the Battle for Westnoth. It's a really fun strategy game that I love, but I can't find anyone that likes it. So or heard of it? Jeez. Yeah, exactly. It's it's kind of a niche game. Um, I'm kind of the reverse on a Wii Sports Resort. Like that's one game I just really don't enjoy at all. Oh, really? And everyone I know adores it. I so, adore it. Yeah, I, I I like the sword fighting. That's the only game I'll play. But they don't want to play that one over and over. So I have to play other games, and I just I don't know. I don't like Wii Sports Resort. <laughs> um. I'm trying to think. If if I think of a, a direct answer to Cyberlink's question before the end, I'll I'll bring it up. But I I'm, I can't think of what games I played recently where I'm just like I know I've had it. I know I've played games where I'm like I love this. Will someone play with me? And everyone's like, No, this game's dumb. <laughs> no. Um. So yeah, that's let's see. Someone's you know just made a uh, said they made a contest entry. So I'm telling post it on the forums, but definitely not after this episode. I won't take anything. <laughs> um, and the last question we have is from DVD Smith. I don't know if you know of this TV show, Buzz, but one of the most famous British show hosts currently is named Jeremy Clarkson, and it is his 50th birthday today on April 11th. It's also Gimpy Fish's birthday. Oh, snap. Really? Happy birthday, awesome. Gimpy Fish, which Happy just might be, a, who might be a little more important than... uh. Then Jeremy Clarkson, but no, <laughs> Jeremy Clarkson's also pre- pretty cool. But uh, he hosts the show along with uh, Richard Hammond and James May called Top Gear, which is on BBC America, and it's a show that is about cars, but it's also not a car show. Basically, they have you know do a lot of tests and a lot of crazy challenges with cars, but it's not your normal cut and dry. These are facts about the latest cars kind of show. Super says it's on Netflix now, so definitely give uh, Top Gear a look if you have Netflix. Not sure if it... I think it's not instant stream, though. But definitely, uh... Oh, and Cyberlink's birthday is on the 20th, so I don't know if we'll have an episode out by then, so happy advanced birthday, Cyberlink. Anyway, the question from DVD Smith is, 
what is your favorite Top Gear episode? Jeremy Clarkson's 50th birthday is today. Um, I really enjoyed the one from this season uh, where Jay Leno was the star in the reasonably priced car and um, James and Jeremy had to do advertisements for the Volkswagen Scirocco. And I just really enjoyed that because being a TV person, what goes on, you know, with advertisements, and they had, you know, conflicting ideas of, uh, you know, what uh, makes a good car advertisement. They've also done crazy things, I'm trying to explain this now more to Buzz, where um, mm-hmm. they drive, you know, go up to like a top of a, a mountain in the French Alps, and they race a car down, uh, you know, the Alps, give it a head start, but also they have uh, two professional skiers uh, go down the mountain at the same time and they want to see like you know who gets there first the car that drives this location or these paraskiers who ski down a mountain with a parachute like which will get there first or which will you know get there first um, a Nissan GTR across the, uh, the skinny end of Japan or the bullet train which has to make you know several stops along the way um, I think that actually is one of my favorite films that they did was the uh, race across Japan. But I think favorite episode as a whole uh, was this one from this season with the uh, Volkswagen Scirocco. So yeah, check out Top Gear. It's a cool car show. I've actually not seen it, so yeah. (laughs) Can't say much about it. In related TV news, um, tomorrow, if you watch The Big Bang Theory, is the episode called The Wheaton Recurrence. And it is an episode that about a month ago I already saw because of my uh, TV studio class. And, you know, we can't really say what happens in it because it's kind of important what happens in this episode tomorrow. So if you're a fan of the Big Bang Theory, the return of Will Wheaton as a guest star as Sheldon's arch enemy, uh, I definitely recommend it because it's going to be pretty funny and... I can't see what happens. So yeah, that sucks. Do you watch The Big Bang Theory? Nope. Oh, you'd can't love it. You'd love it. It's a sitcom that's like all about nerd humor. So I would huh. absolutely recommend it. Um, anything else we have to cover? We're running at almost about a half hour and a half here, so it's pretty good time for a podcast to reach its conclusion. Indeed. Um. I was just looking at my games, actually, to be honest, and um, I see a couple games that could answer Cyberlink's question, maybe. One is Bomberman Generation. I love that game, and no one wants to play it with me. <laughs> and uh, what was the other one? Oh, Link's Crossbow Training. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Everyone, like, <laughs> everyone laughs at that as being, like, the laughingstock stupid bad game, and I kind of thought that at first, and I kind of put it down for a while. But then I had this one. I had this one gamer friend come over and put it in because he never played it before. And he's like, "What's this?" I'm like, "Ah, oh, it's Link's Crossbow Training." And he, I don't know what it is about this friend, but he just made it so fun. He just kind of made me look at it differently. And since then, I've like this humongous uh, Link's Crossbow Training addict, like trying to get all the platinum medals and everything. <laughs> and I love it, but like everyone hates it. I don't know anyone that likes it. They're just like, "This game's so dumb." And I'm like, "No, it's the best game ever." Because it was a cheap tie-in. It was a cheap time, but it's it's hard and it's fun <laughs> trying to get all the targets and everything. So I put a lot of hours into it, admittedly. My my record has all platinum medals. Oh yeah. 
But anyway, uh, yeah, that, that's as close as I can get to answering the question. Because I, I know I feel that a lot. Is those games? I'm like, ah, oh, this game is so great, but mm-hmm. no one seems to appreciate it. <laughs> but anyway, well, that's I, all I have. I think that's about all we have for Show Me Your News. After missing a couple weeks. We definitely just tried to cram all this news down your throat. And um, thank you people in the chat. We've got Agent JGV, Alan of Awesome, Indio65, Major Moses, Mystic TH, Psycho Wing, Shock Hog, Super, Taksu, Cyberlink420, Darkstar165, DVD Smith, Kurichu, Kittens, Nintendo Donut. Uh, no, no, I'm sorry, Nintendo Nut. Haha, <laughs> that is pretty funny, not gonna lie. And the Buzzsaw. And me! Woo! And Tony yeah. was here, and, um, yeah. So, Resurgathon, we're going to have entries from the Dubaga, Super, Zykor, Shockhog, Toxukeel, Major Moses, Alan of Awesome, and Agent JGV will be the ones that we'll consider for the next episode, episode 60. Who will it be? You'll have to find out one week's time on the Show Me Your News Blog. Yeehaw. I hope you all have an RSS subscription to that. Yeah, you better. Showmenews.com. Go yes. subscribe. And also on iTunes. Write a review yeah. for us on iTunes. That'd be pretty cool. We'd appreciate it. Um, so with that, for episode 59, I am Yoko. And I am the Buzz. And we out. Peace. I lived in Korea for a couple of years, and StarCraft is like the life and blood of that country. I kid you not. Like, where chess fits into our culture, StarCraft fits into their culture. Like, here, you know, if you know someone, like, hey, do you know how to play chess? Yeah, let's play. Oh, you want to play game chess? Sure. Yeah, you know, chess is kind of, you know, everywhere. You know, not everyone knows how to play it, but it's, you know, ingrained in culture. And there, it's the same thing just with StarCraft. <laughs> Like, it doesn't matter how old or young you are. You're just like, oh, you want to play a game of StarCraft? Oh, sure. Yeah. <laughs> Why not? Wow. That's really weird that you play. <laughs> but, okay. Sam's just bad at chess. Like, I'm okay at chess. I, 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 I never could play. It. It's just I won't win. <laughs> Get a Chess Master 9000. Just play against the computer all day. The new Wii game, Wii Chess. How come they don't have a Wii Chess yet? Speaking of which, <laughs> Wii Chess, Wii Checkers, they, they, they could bundle Wii it all in. <laughs> oh man! But the graphics would suck. No one would play it. Exactly, because that's all <laughs> games are all about. <laughs> um. Yeah. You play a lot of board games ever? Uh, it depends. Like back in the day, I did. Oh. I'm Which really is not a Wednesday. Games. Like I don't collect them, but I I just like playing them and 
I've been I'm now addicted to a game called Carcassonne. It's a German game. It's hmm. amazing. I've not heard of that. If this podcast was about board games. I would totally rant about it, but oh well. <laughs> have you ever played Sequence? Oh, we have Sequence. That's Sequence fantastic. is okay. Like it, it's it's one of those games that like I think you know the first several times you play it, it's a lot of fun, but like it gets kind of old after a while. Well, most board games like. <laughs> You know, I'm not a fan of random, and board games are built on the premise of random. Yeah. So everyone win. Like Mario Party. Yeah. (laughs) Mario Party is the worst. I cannot tell you how many times I'm like, I win like all the mini games, Uh but they're like, you landed on all the bad squares, you get a star. Oh, and you land on the green squares, you get a star. And oh, look, you win the game. (laughs) 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 Oh, apples to apples is a good one. But do you call that a board game? Like, I wouldn't call that a board game. Well, it's more of a, I mean, a card game. It's great, but... I, I agree, but, like, it's kind of one of those things where they're starting to get lumped together. Yeah. Like, I know, there's no board, and, yeah, it is all cards, but yet, they're starting to... Any game where you all sit around and you play it, it's kind of a board game. So then, like, Taboo would be... Yeah. You know, like that, okay. I have Taboo. I mean, because... There, Settlers of Catan is awesome, but but board games in general, like yeah, there's only a couple of categories: there's board games and there's card games, and then I don't really, don't really know any other terms. I guess card so games like you either need like specific cards, like Pokemon or yeah. Star Wars, whatever. But uh, card games, as far as board games are concerned, need like the actual deck of legit playing yeah. cards to play. Yeah. Right. Another, like, I'm a fan of I like Rook and I like Hearts. I don't even know how to play poker, admittedly. <laughs> I don't even know uh, the rules. Um, let's see. I like blackjack. Well, blackjack's kind of boring at the same time because not much, not much you can do in blackjack. Hit me! Oh, I'm dead. <laughs> Start over. Hit me! Oh, I'm dead again. Oh, I know what I've been into recently. What's it's that? A Sudoku. Oh yeah, dude. <laughs> it's neither a board game or a card game, but Sudoku is yeah. amazing. That's awesome. That was like when I, you know, when I was in engineering. Like I'd get the school paper, and it'd have like you know, every day like three Sudoku puzzles in there, or whatever. And I just yeah. like sit in the back of the class, yeah, and fill out the Sudoku. <laughs> that's that's what our school paper does too. They they did away with crosswords and they just do all Sudoku now. Maybe that was why I failed out of engineering because I was playing Sudoku <laughs> yeah. all the time. <laughs> yeah, I don't even the. Uh... Um, sadly, I don't even like the paper ones anymore because they're kind of either medium or easy. Uh-huh. I go. I have a computer program, um, uh, a computer game Sudoku, and I can select very hard. Those are the ones I like now. You know what was like I, one of the telling like, one of the telling signs like I had to get out of engineering. You know, in addition to the fact that like I just bombed the hell out of like a midterm, got like eighteen <laughs> percent. But one of yeah. the other telling signs is that for our our beginning uh, beginning computer programming class, you know, for C plus plus. Like, I don't know how many years, you've had to have like a lot of years of experience to be as amazing as you are, but yeah. I had never done C++ before this one semester class, and our final project was to, um, you know, you'd import a file that would just be uh-huh. like, you know, different numbers for a Sudoku puzzle, right. and then the program would solve the Sudoku puzzle. Uh- <laughs> That you had our, to write a program to that do was that. Our final project after one semester of C plus plus. Oh dang, yeah, that's. I mean, 
<sighs> At I this school, you could get away with it because they they teach it a different way that where you learn a little faster. But in an engineering uh, course, yeah, I could see how that'd be like nigh unto impossible. Yeah. I got a, a I got a B plus in the class, and the only reason yeah. I did because like for that final project, I had a friend who wrote the code. And he was just an amazing <laughs> programmer. He wrote the code <laughs> in code and gave me the code to figure it out. Oh, jeez. <laughs> and that's, that's how awesome, I was able to finish the final project. If I was going to force kid, like students to do that in one semester, I'd probably do it in Java, because Java's a lot easier for that, that kind of stuff. Because mm-hmm. C++, it really is. is it, it's hardcore. It's what you make high-performance games in. It's not for these kind of little applications, but whatever. Exactly. Anyway, I love C++. I'm, I use it every day. 